1: Many things happened. Many lessons were not learned. (laughs) No.
0: (laughs) time has become crazy for me. Has it sped up, slowed down? The last month has sped up massively. And I don't know what happened in the last month. (laughs) I literally cannot believe... I feel like it was yesterday. We were sitting here and I said, it's been three months since the crash. Yeah. And now it's been four. Oh, my and God. And I'm like, where has the month gone? I've done, you know, when somebody dies,
1: you're just inundated with admin and paperwork. And That has been so intense for you. you. How many times did you have to go to the bank? I went every week for two months. It was brutal.
0: It was brutal. And... You have to sign affidavits and you have to – it's just – it's never-ending. So it constantly the, yeah, you keeps
1: it fresh and keeps the pain. Yeah.
0: You're constantly being asked the date of death. You have to start send the – I mean, the, I basically carry – well, I don't now because I feel that we've done – we've got through that initial bit. But, you know, that bag that I've been carrying around with me for the last four months is – Death certificates, um, notarizing. It's like I I had to carry the death certificate with me everywhere I went. Oh, my God. Because I had so many reasons I needed to present it and share it and all of those things. So that was just like a kick in the dick every... Why a dick? I'm about to say the C word. Kick in the dick. I like that. As a kick in the cunt. I like the word <laughs> cunt a lot. And I don't know if I've said it on the show yet, but...
1: Hey, go for it. We don't have a parental advisory on this show.
0: No. So it's been a real kick in the cunt every week for four months.
1: Jesus.
0: But for the last
1: month, I haven't done any. Paperwork. Have you been avoiding it or it just died (laughs)
0: down? It just died
1: down, no pun intended.
0: It died down and I've been avoiding it because I just needed a break from it. Of course. It was too much. So I needed a
1: little fun in the sun. Yeah,
0: I spent a month not doing any paperwork and as a result of that, I think I was able to live a different way because when I'm doing the paperwork, everything is, you're very locked into the experience and because I haven't been attached to the bank and the paperwork and the all of that shit. Mm -hmm. I've been able to just kind of drift with no attachment to anything. That must be nice. Which has been really, really nice and I think really necessary in order for me to let go of this like
1: ticking clock in my mind. I noticed that you let go of the clock a little bit because the latest post on social media that you made about the boys, you said, it's been this long and I've stopped counting. Yeah, yeah and i thought that's that's a new yeah it is new thing going because on. it was
0: the everything until month 4 i had been measuring my life in basically minutes and thursdays.
1: Mm, thursdays and
0: you'll remember i'm sure that thursdays were really really hard for me for the first 2 months yeah it was the first thursday again and again and again yeah. and again and it was almost subconscious. It wasn't me going, it's Thursday. It was my body remembering.
1: Our bodies remember. You
0: went to bed on Wednesday and you woke up on Thursday and everything was changed. Mm -hmm. And and they were gone. And so I think there was like a muscle memory trauma type PTSD situation. So I had been measuring my life in Thursdays and minutes in between. And... To, to notice that four months had passed and I hadn't noticed for maybe three or four weeks was a huge relief to me because I do think that it is not healthy to count the days and minutes and hours and, and months because that's going to be the rest of my life. Yeah. I can't count Thursdays for the rest of my life and I can't count months they've been gone for the rest of my life because as I've said and as we discussed in the last episode they're gone but they're not gone so what am I counting actually yeah it's true what am I counting you know and that's what I realized and I think that month of me disconnecting from the rigidity of the system that we live in and the time and the dates and the date of death and the date of birth and the death certificate and the bank and the numbers and the all of this shit allowed me to drift, which allowed me to let go of the clock, which allowed me... And the me, clock is
1: the trauma. Yeah. That's what you're counting, yeah, is the trauma. because I'll
0: never forget the time I woke up, what I did, it was all laid out. So to let go of that felt really good to me, a big step forward that I didn't even know I'd taken until I saw it had been four months and mm. I didn't realise a month had gone by. Again, I'm just really trusting my process and I'm really trusting how this is being led and unfolding. You know, I don't think it's a coincidence that, I, that the paperwork ended and the da, 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 you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I used to go down to the mailbox every time I would come here embrace myself every step down there because i
1: know you hated going to the mailbox yeah because
0: look i mean even this for me is a relief to just have this money on the table i've got a pile of letters well it was four or five times that every week and when i go down to that mailbox and it's empty i look up to the sky and i say thank god and i go yes because it means i don't have anything to process or confront or somebody to let know what's happened or, you know, all of that.
1: Yeah, a little piece of trauma.
0: Yeah. You know, you remember that day I went down to the mailbox? I don't know if you were here, but I screamed out loud. Fuck! (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you! Fuck, fuck,
1: fuck! Your
0: neighbors must think you're crazy. I was just standing there screaming, flailing around because that was the week that I'd found that Ryan had incorporated a record label, and there was a part of me that was hoping that that hadn't gone through so I could shrink away from it. Uh Uh-huh. And then Uh I'm in the mailbox, and there's 50 letters to headquarters, LLC, and I'm just- And that's when I screamed, fuck. Uh, You're the proud owner of, and I'm just- Of a record label! (laughs) (laughs) But anyway- the time thing has been interesting as well because I've been specifically mega shit at communicating in the last month with friends and yeah. I'm blessed. Many of my friends have continued to check in. Obviously there's the inevitable drop off of people that happens around the three to six month mark. I mm. remember that with my dad, everyone just kind of forgets and gets on with their life and mm-hmm. that's fine. You know, it's not, it's natural. Yeah. Um, but I've been so bad at communicating with anyone outside of our little pod, yeah. whatever we are, um, tribe. And, you know, these are my friends that I love, and they'll call me, and I'm holding the phone in my hand, and I desperately want to answer, but something in me isn't allowing me to answer. It's a really strange, really strange, and almost quite distressing experience. Mm-hmm to want so badly to have that connection and speak to your friend, but not know how to answer the phone and not know how to have the conversation. And I'm sort of grappling with that now that I've come out of the frolicking delirium of month four. I'm like, oh yeah, my relationships. My relationships that aren't Ryan and Max and my relationships that aren't our immediate group and world I want them and some of them I don't want and some of them were tenuous before and now may not survive you know
1: yeah you are a new person yeah and you get to look at everything that the old Annabelle had in place in her life and you get to choose if it comes with you now
0: I mean honestly I have to say candidly it doesn't feel like a choice it feels that I have I spoke to my therapist about this because I was like I'm I'm rarely worried about myself but this was one thing where I I felt, am I isolating myself? Mm. Am I withdrawing? Is this very yeah, bad? Yeah, is this a healthy thing? Yeah.
1: Is this part of the process? Or? Yeah.
0: And he was like, no, you're fine. It's. He said it's only been four months.
1: But to me, I'm like, well, it's been four
0: months, and that's nearly six months, and I need to get on with it, and I need to speak to my friends and go on coffee dates. And, you know, it's like... Yeah. I'm not drinking anymore and I don't know how long that's going to be. So how do I do that at dinner and how, do I want to go to dinner and going to a restaurant's a bit scary for me because if it's not with my, with our immediate group, I don't really know how to be at a restaurant yeah. and it's just all of this shit. Yeah. So there's those logistics of it and then there's the stuff that's like what my therapist said to me, which knocked me back and I felt attacked by was he said have you considered that due to the experience you've had and the sort of exponential growth that you've just gone through in a, this uh, short amount of time that maybe some of those relationships aren't going to exist anymore yeah you don't have something con- to connect with those people on and and that really struck me because I it it's another loss for a start. Sure. And the reason I say it doesn't feel like a choice is because things that felt important to me before don't anymore. Yeah. And some of those things are things I shared with my friends. Mm-hmm. And some of my friends, our whole relationships were based around those things. Mm-hmm. Those structures and those systems and those worlds that to me now seem...
1: They don't exist anymore.
0: They don't exist for me. They exist for them and and for other people, but for me, they don't. So I've been thinking about that a lot and and how to move forward with friendships and really looking at people, who can I carry with me right now because I want to open my door and start reconnecting with my
1: friends. That has been on my mind also. And I agree with you now that you explained why it's not a choice. I agree. And in my life, the same. I am seeing friendships in my life float away. Yeah. Right now. And some are strengthening and growing deeper. Yeah. That cycle is happening kind of acutely in my life right now. Mm -hmm. This last couple years, I went through... An extraordinary amount of life changes. Yeah. More so than ever in my life put together. I ended some relationships with some family members. Yeah. I left a group that I'd been a part of for 10 years. I lost my grandfather. I lost my friends. Mm -hmm. I had a stalker. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I got engaged. And relationships have a way of realigning themselves to match where you are Mm -hmm. now.
0: Yeah.
1: I heard a woman speaking on Instagram about friendship, Jay Shetty's wife, actually. She was saying that a lot of time friendships are based on our past, like you just said, on our shared past. Yeah. And we don't realize it, but they're not in present time. Sometimes friendships don't don't really exist anymore. It's like the light of a star that's already died, but the light is still shining. Yeah. Is that what they say? Like it takes however long yeah, for thousand, the light of a yeah. star to yeah. reach us. So we're seeing the star, but it died, you yeah. know, a thousand years ago. That's how some friendships can be. The next day I saw a friend of mine who I hadn't seen in a year. We had been friends for ten years mm-hmm. in that group that I was a part of that I made the decision to leave last year, which was a very, very important decision for me, a very healthy decision for me. In that group, I had become so isolated from the people around me and so in a living hell that I couldn't get out of bed and I felt suicidally depressed and I didn't have anybody to talk to about that. So as much as these people in the group were my friends, No one could really talk to each other about what was going on because we were upholding this group. Yeah. And I left. And the way I handled it at the time was I let my close friends know my decision Mm -hmm. and that I loved them and I wasn't going anywhere and I would always be here for them and we would talk soon and I needed some space. Yeah. And I took my space.
0: Which, by the way let's just take a minute to say that I personally feel that that's really healthy and that you're entitled to do that and that we are entitled to do that in our lives yeah. to let people know that you need a minute and you need space. And I think that the way that you did it was absolutely the right way to do it. It's just overly
1: communicate
0: that yeah. that's
1: what you're doing. The most important thing was I wanted to let them know that yeah. I was not going anywhere. Yeah,
0: that you just needed a minute. You needed to take a beat. That's yeah. right.
1: And Everybody reacted differently. Mm -hmm. Some people cried. Some people begged me to stay. Some Mm -hmm. people tried to convince me. This person just iced me out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was a year ago. Yeah. Since that time, I have reached out to them every once in a while. And then in June, I let them know that I got engaged. And I said, I wanted you to know about this before I announced it on social media so that you're not shocked. Yeah and their reaction was not nice, not excited. In December, I got a message from them that they were incredibly angry with me. I had betrayed them and abandoned them. Mm -hmm. Since December, it's been a back and forth of me saying, okay, I'm back in town, I'm home from England, let's get together. Weeks would go by, I wouldn't hear anything, I'd reach out again. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not a back and forth, that's you. Well, you know, I think he reached, he, he, yeah. I don't know. Finally, the other night we got together in person. Yeah. I was so nervous to do it, but I really cared about this friendship and I wanted to understand why he was so angry. Yeah. Because it didn't really make sense to me. Yeah. We sat down there was a lot of crying. Mm-hmm. A couple of fist bangs on the table. Oh damn! By you. By me. You loved. I the love fist. the fist bang. You I do. Can't, I get
0: so worked up. I, I will just... never ever forget the story. <laughs> oh. I won't say who. Of you at the polo lounge.
1: Yeah, somebody took me to the polo lounge to have this conversation because i uh, i think they thought that if i was in public i wouldn't cause a scene especially at the polo lounge so the polo lounge so-
0: for anyone that's not in la is the beverly hills hotel right yeah it's the polo lounge is like uh the casual ish kind of like it's not the formal dining it's is like it
1: the lunch it's like the spot. lunch
0: spot at the beverly hills hotel which is obviously ridiculously bougie but it's and, white like, tablecloth yeah it's, you, got, you can Live get a Caesar player. salad for $50. It's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but anyway, set the scene. And you, I will. I think about it maybe at least once a week, <laughs> is you screaming cunt at the polo lounge and banging your fists on the table. And when you told me that when we first met, I was like, this girl's going to be my friend. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Not only that, but I was wearing a black trench coat and, and like heavy boots and my hair was slicked back in a bun.
0: Yeah. I just
1: felt like I needed going into battle. Yeah. Like in the matrix. <laughs> right. So you know what I actually thought of that for this meeting? It's really interesting you say that. I Classic dressed for the part because <laughs> at the Polo Lounge, I was fighting for my life yeah. in that conversation. Yeah. This time, um, I made a conscious effort not to dress like that because I wanted to be open.
0: I think that's really smart. And a few years ago, my therapist actually said that to me I was struggling with a person and he said I want you to go in to work tomorrow and not wear black I want you to wear something colorful Mm -hmm. I wore a tie-dye t-shirt with a smiley face on it and I made a conscious effort from that point on to not because you know I love my black rock tees like that's like my move it's like a black or a white tee so I went in there with Colourful things, stars and smiley faces and hearts on. I had like a whole like it's
1: cherry you wardrobe. Like Jojo Siwa.
0: I did, yeah. <laughs> like the um, the the old age pensioner Jojo Siwa. Amazing. It
1: really does change the way you act. And it changes the way you received as well. And you receive, exactly. So I wore my hair down. I wore a nice sweater. I had pretty makeup on. I just, I painted my nails. Soft. Just to be soft and open and vulnerable because I wanted to hear this person that I care about deeply. Yeah. I love this person like family. And so we sit down and I heard him out and I understood what he was saying and I understood why he felt, betrayed mm-hmm. and abandoned. Mm-hmm. And I I apologized for mm-hmm. that because I don't wanna make anybody I love, I don't wanna make anybody feel that way. Do we apologize for that? What if it's not on you? Here's what I realized, which is why I didn't have a problem apologizing. I realized that this person was never going to understand what I'd been right. going through at the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the
1: way I handled it at the time was the best I could do. That's how I needed to do yeah. it.
0: And I think it sounds like you handled it really maturely and and um, compassionately. According to okay. him,
1: I ran away like a coward and I didn't have a proper conversation and support him in the way that he needed. Now, my point is... Oh, God, I'm about to get angry. Okay. My point is, <laughs> at the time, with all the trauma of that decision to leave that group... well, And the trauma of the group and the trauma of the group. The last thing I was gonna do was pause and go, whoa, 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 whoa. What does he need to feel okay? What does everyone else need to feel okay right now? Mm -hmm. That's not where my thought was. Nor should it be. You're right to feel angry. And when I left over the last couple days, I have gotten incredibly angry. (laughs) Yes, I love it. Because I realized that this was a one-sided thing. This was not a two-way street.
0: Well, that's not a friendship, darling, is it?
1: That is not a friendship. And so this is what I realized about friendship. Friendship is a two-way street. Friendship is bending in the wind like Mm -hmm. a blade of grass, not snapping like a twig. Yeah. Well, the conversations reached a dead end. Yeah. It is. And I said, if we go our separate ways, that is in our highest good. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I said, what I will not do... Mm is continue with you in a dynamic where you are testing me to earn your trust back. That's very unhealthy and I won't do that. So if you and I continue as friends, it's gonna be a decision right here and now that you forgave me.
0: I'm, I'm struggling with this forgiveness thing. You, you don't need to be forgiven. And that's what I'm struggling with here is that that you're even thinking that there's a version of this story where you need to be forgiven. You've done absolutely nothing wrong. You've removed yourself from a highly toxic environment. And you've let people know with love that you that you need some space. What are you being forgiven for? Is it, this is what I'm struggling
1: with. I was too, Annabelle, and I'm glad you're saying that because... He said at the table, where's the apology? And I was, I I almost, I laughed a little bit. I said, what do you you mean? The reason that I offered my apology was because I realized, wow, this isn't going anywhere. This person's never going to see this any other way. All they want to see is betrayal. Yeah. So they are going to see that in their life everywhere they look. Yeah. He's not interested in coming to an understanding.
0: But why did that make you feel you need to apologise? Sorry, I'm going to press you here.
1: To me, it wasn't worth... Yeah. ...trying to be right.
0: Can I just offer uh, what my just... view on on that is? And this is just from me as a friend. I would challenge you if you're in that situation again to not do that, to not apologise because you feel... That it's just, he's not going to see it your way. Almost like the right thing to do. And the reason I say that is because...
1: Yeah, that's what I felt. It was the right thing yeah. to do. Which I did feel down on myself. After So you you are, what you're saying out loud right now is, is a voice how I that I Good. had in my head. Because that's your instinct. That's and, my instinct.
0: And the reason I challenge you not to apologize in a situation like that moving forward is because it's not authentic. it wasn't a real apology first of all you weren't sorry because you know you've done nothing wrong so that's my first thing and my second thing is because I'm always going to put you first my second thing is for him is he's not learned anything from that situation now because you've relented and apologized against your will essentially and against your better judgment for ease and to leave things on good terms or whatever that Reasoning is for us doing those things. We all do these things frequently. Is is he's not learning anything?
1: Oh, come on! It's good. I need to work through this. Yeah, it's okay. Thank you for these thoughts. Yeah. It's really powerful what you're saying, and I hope everybody can learn from that because we do. We apologize. We do things that are inauthentic to what our instinct is telling us. No. That's not right. You don't need to grovel like that. No. If you'd done something terrible,
0: that would be a different conversation. But you've not. You've actually handled the situation really healthily and gracefully. And by apologizing to this person and going along with the narrative, you're harming yourself.
1: Because I felt you felt it.
0: I'm glad you felt it. And that's a, That I don't mean
1: that because I want you to feel pain. I mean it because it, it means that the... Your instinct is there. That's why the immense anger has come up for me the last two days because... You did your old habit. I did my old habit. It's your old
0: habit. And it's when you're getting into... When we're getting into these new phases of our lives and we're growing... You'll be tested. Oh, my God, you'll be tested. And you'll dip into that old behavior. This was a test. But thank God you felt angry. Thank God you felt like you betrayed yourself. Thank God you felt like you went against your instincts because that means you've grown. You truly have grown from this. And now you've had that experience with this man. You're never going to do that again now. You're never going to do it again because you didn't help yourself and you didn't help him. Right. I mean, fuck him, first of all. But... (laughs) <laughs> you know, you're going to make waves and change and affect people's lives. And I know that's important to you. You want to do good it's in really this world. It's really important to
1: me. And that's why, you know, I, look, I could have kept this private. This really isn't something that is easy for me to share because this is public, but I thought it was really important yeah. to talk about this because I'm still working through it. I'm really angry right now Yeah, because of everything that you're saying out loud, and also because it's a really important lesson to share.
0: Really important. And I'm so glad when you came here this morning, you were like, what are we going to talk about? No, someone said to us, "What?" Well, one of the boys said, what are you going to talk about today? And I said, I don't know, I've got no thoughts. But when you said, I've got a story about XYZ, everything, as it always does with us, I know. clicked into place. And... I think it is really important to share. Yeah. Really, really important to share this story because there's so many levels to it. So many. So many levels from the friendship being good at the time in inverted commas, to this and all of the different phases you've gone through. I think that this is the boundaries thing that we talk about a lot. It is boundaries. Self-preservation, not yeah. forsaking yourself for others, listening to your intuition, listening to your voice. You were forsaking yourself for his comfort, but you were also forsaking yourself to uphold that old system that you lived in. Right. And I'm sure he's a trigger
1: for that. Which and a lot of you it was into, apologizing when you knew that, that yeah, you didn't... That there was nothing to apologize for. there was nothing for. to apologize yeah. for, but you would just do it mm-hmm. to keep your head down and keep the peace.
0: I think friendships are so fascinating as, as like, relationship dynamics because, obviously, you choose your friends, that you don't have to be friends with anyone. Yet, as you've said, we hold on for a long time. And it's like looking at a star that died a 1,000 years ago. And I'm really grateful that I learned that lesson in my early 20s with a group of girls that I went to school with. Mm -hmm. It's a, a really dysfunctional group. And, unfortunately... Because of how I am as a person and who I am and the way I live, I was always... First of all, I'm a bit of an outsider and I always have been. I'll go between groups. I've never been part of one club. This group of girls just so happened to have a couple of my best friends in it. Mm -hmm. So I'm dipping into the group Mm -hmm. because this is where my
1: girls are, you know. (laughs) That's so true. I just thought of of a group of friends you and I share... You dipped in for a little bit and then you... And then I was like, like bye. your toe out. <laughs> Literally left the chat. Left. Like, <laughs> actually.
0: <laughs> no, because it's... it's. I And did. everyone's asking me, where's the doll? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I bounced. Yeah. I noped
1: out of it. <laughs> you, you noped out of it. We learned that saying this week.
0: Yeah. <laughs> noped. I learned that lesson really young because I wanted to go along with this group. And I was the leader of the group. She acted as the leader. I think essentially, you know with dogs, how there can be like two dogs and one will be really aggressive towards the other one and, and people are like, oh, it's the alpha.
1: There's always an alpha.
0: Well, did you know that frequently that's not the alpha, that's the beta? The beta is the one attacking and
1: attacking. Oh, and the alpha is the silent one. Yes. Yeah. That so makes sense. So this girl- Because the alpha is in control.
0: Is a beta. And she was couldn't handle- me dipping in and out of the group and changing the dynamic and... So you were really the alpha. I am an alpha. You are, yeah. So I'm not the alpha of that group. First of all, I'm not interested in being the alpha of your group. I'm not in anyone's group. Well, you're not aware of it. It's just the way you function. Yeah, yeah. It, exactly. It's not for me, whereas I feel like this particular person, it was an awareness thing for her. She, she wanted to be the leader of the gang.
1: And well, it's always conscious for the beta. Yeah, so they're always trying to be the alpha. But you they're know, not. there
0: were so many things that took place, and so many awful, just like high school level. Well, from the stories you've told yeah. of your school days, Wretched, it was torture. You would Wretched. torture each other. Yeah, we talked to each other, which was fun. But then, like the <laughs> emotional warfare and the psychological warfare after we left school and were in our early twenties was just awful awful the way they treated each other and we all treated each other and i eventually got to a point where i could sit here and tell you the most horrid stories but i got to a point where i was like one final thing had happened that was so stupid and it was honestly like the most incredible thing that would be like in a film you'd be like this isn't gonna happen okay we're gonna go to fireworks we'll pick you up so then i'm texting hey are you guys on your way Oh no, I didn't know we were meant to be picking you up. Well you just said you're picking me up, so now I'm not at the event. Because she said that she's gonna come by and pick me up.
1: And then pretended like And then pretended she like hadn't that had happened.
0: So then I'm not at the event. You know, it's it was shit like that. Yeah. And I think that may have been one of the the last things that happened where I was like, why am I this is <laughs> This is stupid, I'm not doing this anymore. That group continued to be trauma bonded and dysfunctionally attached for many years and has only recently dispersed 10 years later. And I am so glad I got out when I did. And one by one, my girls have noped out of the group. And finally, the last one, did recently she and i knew she'd see it eventually i knew she'd fucking see it yeah it took 10 (laughs) years (laughs) takes people the time it takes and jesus and i just said to her i love you uh i'm never gonna have that dynamic with you you and me are solid i got you yeah i'm sorry this that this happened and we have each other so let's Move forward yeah, and don't worry about that. Don't worry about them. She said to me, you know, I just feel stupid and I feel like it's taken me too long to realize. And, and I said, no, it, take, it takes the time you it takes. You can't punish
1: yourself no, for the you time can, um, it took you to arrive at the present.
0: Yeah. You know, I just so happened to be being pecked to death right, in our early 20s. Because this bitch was not going to let me in.
1: God, that must have been so hard.
0: Oh, it was awful. It was horrible. Yeah. And when I look back now, I was so desperate. Like, I wanted... You know how I am. Yeah. But uh, I, I invite... I continue to invite and I continue to be the person. I'm very open and loving and inviting the person to things. And, oh, I'd, I'd love to come. Or, can I be involved? Or, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not...
1: You know, you're constantly trying to get everyone together.
0: When I look back on that now, I I feel a bit sad for myself because I think probably like I think my family saw it and other people around me saw it. I know that one of my other best friends outside of who I didn't know from school was like, why are you still associating with this group of people?
1: Yeah, that's how we feel sometimes, right? Like a dove in a pigeon coop. And I think you've had that theme a lot in your life where you look at what's around you and you go...
0: This isn't, this no, isn't good yeah. enough. And now especially, thank you for saying that, there has been a situation recently where I've really had that message hammer home to me where for the first time in my life, I have said to myself and meant it wholeheartedly and believed it with every fiber of my being, this situation isn't good enough for me.
1: That, wow. Yeah, that's happening in my life as well.
0: When you can... Get to a place with something or with yourself. And even if you just have it for that day or that moment. Yeah, it could be where you go a split where you have the clarity and the strength and the love for yourself and the sort of like vision of things. Yeah. To go, this is not good enough for me. This person isn't good enough for me. So it's a no from me on this. Our
1: contract is fulfilled. Yeah.
0: Wow, what a feeling. What a fucking feeling. It really is. And as we were saying earlier, we get shown, I feel really strongly about this, that we get shown um, the universe will go, hey, look at this thing I have in my left hand. Yep. Touch it. Mm -hmm. Taste it. But how about this thing I have in my
1: right hand? Yes. Have a touch and a taste of that. What do you think about those two things? Funny that you say that because when I got home after this meeting, I got... Two messages from girlfriends of mine that I don't see very often. One's living in Boston and one is shooting a television show in New York. The one in New York said, I love you, even if we don't speak very often. Mm. And the one in Boston said, I'm so sorry I haven't had the time to catch up with you lately. I have a lot of updates and I can't wait to tell you. Let's talk soon. Mm. And I'm always thinking of you, even if time passes. Yeah. That was clear. Mm -hmm. The universe had gone... little lightning bolt. (laughs) Yep. Here's how this person is treating you. Look how good it can be over here. And here's how these people are treating you. Which one belongs in your life moving into the future? Which feels good. Which feels good. Having
0: this conversation with my sister yesterday, because she was on a trip recently, and she was on this trip and she shared with me that she had been really thinking about people in her life and dysfunctional people and... And really, maybe for the first time in a minute, going, I have people in my life that I that are not good for me, are not bringing joy to my life or whatever it is. And and we had a long chat about it. And I said, your body will tell you. Yeah. When you walk away from that conversation or that person, how does your body feel? It's going to let you know. Do you feel? Uh, worn out do you feel confused do you feel disconnected from yourself do you feel good do you feel hopeful do you feel confident
1: exactly it will let you know i felt the difference like a bolt of lightning Uh that's when the anger came up Mm. to me i'm having this very clear vision of one foot is in the present Mm -hmm. this is me lifting my other foot up out of the past And bringing it up next to my foot in the present. Yeah. To stand fully where I'm at now and to move forward with the people who belong with me Mm. now. And I think that these friendships that have fulfilled their contract already stay longer than they need to in our lives because we're not conscious of it.
0: Absolutely. Completely. You just don't
1: reassess yeah. things in your well, life. Well,
0: you think, I'm still me. Because the, yeah. this is my friend. We've been friends for a long time. So I'm like, guess what? You've changed.
1: You've changed. And that's okay. Like you said, what did you say? Trauma? Trauma bonded. Trauma bonded. Childhood bonded. Yeah. High school bonded. Past bonded. Mm-hmm. We are transforming constantly, which means that we need to look at our life and see if everything we're hanging on to now Is transforming with us.
0: Well, it just doesn't fit anymore. It's like trying to put on a piece of clothing that's old and doesn't fit you anymore. Right. You know, it's, it's, you can try and squeeze into it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) You can try and squeeze into your high school uh, dress if you want. And that was where I wasn't authentic to myself the other night because I was trying to squeeze into this thing that I couldn't. Yeah, old Lucy. So I'm really grateful that it happened. And I was really grateful. The lesson was so clear when I got home that I got those two messages from friends in my life. You're one of those people that entered my life this year. And I do count that as part of the massive life changes that I've gone through. You entering was no accident. Mm. You and I have a relationship that's really important to me. And I depend Mm. on it. There's no ulterior motive with us. No. We have been connected through our family since before we were born. But you and I are in present time with each other Mm -hmm. moving forward and allowing each other. And that's what I realized about friendship as well. Friendship is allowing each other to make mistakes and grow from them. Absolutely. To not snap like a twig, but to bend in the wind. No. And to love each other through that. Yeah. And even if you do feel hurt sometimes, to communicate that. And to move forward together through that. Not condemn.
0: No. I think something that's, And punish. Yeah, punishment. Uh, Ryan and I used to talk about punishers all the time. People who love to punish.
1: Uh, people do love to punish. Yeah, and there do, are yeah. punishers. Yeah.
0: I think that something that's really important when you're having those conversations with friends and loved ones about if something is painful for you or something's happened is, you know how you were saying with that guy that
1: it was all you, 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 you. Never once was it said, wow, that must have been really intense for you. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I am I'm. I can't imagine what that must have been like. Well, I mean, th- that guy's blocked.
0: Bye. <laughs> um, anyway, what are you saying? I was going to say that a big thing that changed my life, I learned, I think, a year ago, was when I'm having a problem with somebody, which isn't a lot. I'm not somebody that has, like, fights with people or... I don't understand people that are like always fighting with people. It's so strange to me. It's so strange. But the change that I made was when I'm having an issue, to really take responsibility for how I feel and almost never say you anything. Exactly. And it's changed my life. It does. When I have those difficult conversations... I'm not saying be me, me, me. It's about taking responsibility and owning your feelings and your language. I'm feeling X, Y, and Z because of a conversation that we had. Not, you made me feel this way when you said this to me. Lucy, I'm feeling this way from the conversation that we had about this. Can we talk about it?
1: So important. Changed my life. Changes everything. Changed my life. Yeah.
0: feels great. Yeah. Taking responsibility for your own shit as well. It really does. And you're never blaming anyone. It really gives you the chance to be honest with yourself and have an honest dialogue with yourself. And also take... Judgment, blame,
1: condemnation, completely out of it. Yeah, it helps helps you learn about yourself. And see it. Because then you can truly
0: approach the situation with empathy. Exactly. Because you're focused on we. Yep. Never you, you, you. Mm -mm. So that was a big, big, big game changer for me. That's major.
1: I agree. I I try to live that way as well, and it changes everything. The language we use is so important. Like we were saying about death last week. And I think this is a perfect next episode to follow up on talking about the process of grief and the process of death, being able to say the words, because what naturally comes next is relationships. Mm. If you are re-entering the flow of life as your new self, what naturally comes next? Yeah. Connection with others. That's why the friendships have been on your mind and now you're noticing that you're having a hard time picking up the phone because once you have handled your, your own self to a point and you've gotten yourself through the thick of it, now you're turning outward a little bit to start to Deal with what's around you. Yeah. And there's no yeah. right or wrong. Nobody yeah. says that at the four month mark, yeah. you have to go on coffee dates. Yeah. But this topic of friendship, I think, is perfect at this time because it's in the natural flow of everything we've been mm-hmm. discussing since yeah. Ryan and Max died. Yeah, definitely. Well, they're my best friends. Right. So it all does come back to yeah. friendship. That was the loss in the first place. Mm-hmm. Full circle. I guess what we're saying is love without conditions
0: unconditional love is beautiful and amazing to experience it's really important to remember boundaries here i go sorry to be a party pooper. within that and also expectations i think people frequently misconstrue and misrepresent unconditional love And misuse unconditional love.
1: Yeah. It's hard to say unconditional love because people do misuse. They think that unconditional love means putting up with anything and getting away with anything. It doesn't. No, 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 no. Boundaries are everything.
0: Just because I love someone unconditionally doesn't mean I'm going to... Like, if you were to do something that fucking annoyed me, it doesn't stop me loving you. Right. But it also... For me, the true meaning of unconditional love is you and I can have a tricky conversation Mm and get on with it
1: and love each other anyway. Or we could have done something that hurts the other one. And we're human, so we are meant to make mistakes, Mm -hmm. learn from them. We're going to hurt each other, guys. Guess what?
0: 100%. We're going to hurt each other all day long, every day. That was, when I entered into therapy in my early 20s, that was something that was really hard for me. I struggle with disappointment. I really, really struggle, and I take disappointment really, I'm way better at it now, but I take it really personally or I have taken it really personally in, in my past. That was one of the things I learned really early on in the therapy process was he just said to me, guess what, Annabelle? People are gonna disappoint you and you're gonna disappoint them. hmm And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> huh? No, I'm not. I'm perfect. Um...
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, me as a friend, I can't offer the promise that I'm never going to hurt you. No, of course not. I can't promise you I won't do this again. I will. Okay? I will hurt you. I'll disappoint you. But
0: what I can promise you is that I will work through it. Take responsibility. Learn from love it. Love you.
1: Love it, And love you. And keep it going. Exactly. Keep this party going. That's right. And if somebody is not willing to rise to that with you, then... Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> and the ones who will... You don't have to work for it. You do not have to earn anyone's love in your life. If anyone's making you feel like you have to earn their love, earn their trust, earn their respect, the people who belong in your life will never make you feel like that. It will be easy. It will energize you. It will fill you with all the right things. And that's all you need to pay attention to. It's not a choice. It's a feeling. Okay, you broke the microphone. <laughs> Call me a cunt. <laughs> cunt! You guys, pounding on a table feels so good.
0: Have you never tried it? Do it, I don't wanna break the microphone. Just, I'm gonna lift the microphone up, do it.
1: Do it for a bunch more. Oh! But I'm wearing a pretty flowery dress. Your hair so is currently open and I'm vulnerable and I'm not. She's open and she's vulnerable, but she'll also beat the shit oh, out of you. Fucking ass. <laughs> Don't take me out in public thinking that I won't have a public beating. Because... I will throw the fuck down. Oh, man. Um, I also wanted to say that and I wrote this in my journal, unrealistic expectations will make your life a living hell.
0: Yes, expectations are everything. Yeah. Expectations are everything. Expectation management, another major fucking key. When you have somebody in your life, you have to take it case by case. What can I expect of this person? What is realistic from this person? Can they give me what I need here? If they can't, am I okay with that? Am I not okay with that? Such a game changer. Totally. Because then you're not constantly disappointed. that Somebody's not meeting your expectations or they're letting you down. Then it's you like, will not
1: feel betrayal.
0: No, because you have to love them enough to put you're, appropriate expectations exactly. on them. Exactly.
1: You're the one that creates betrayal in your life when you in, when you force these unrealistic expectations. Yeah. You created that because yeah. you want to live in that.
0: Yeah, Yeah, expectation management is huge. And removing
1: expectations.
0: No. Yeah. Managing. Don't say removing. Okay. Managing expectations. Because removing, we're going into tricky waters there where we're not having any expectations. Because we always have
1: expectations.
0: Even if the expectation is that you've got no expectation of this person. You're indifferent. You expect nothing from them. Maybe they'll chat to you. Maybe they won't. Maybe you'll hear from them. Maybe you won't. That's your expectation, but to be living in the dark of no expectation, what's happening? Right, is scary out here. You know that's scary. <laughs> I don't like. That. Yeah, no, because that doesn't. That's doesn't not feel good. real. No, no, that's not
1: a truthful thing. But managing expectations. So
0: that's why I think you're so freeing.
1: Oh, it's so great,
0: and I think this ties back to your conversation with that man. Is that you realized during that chat? that your expectations of him needed to change because he was not ever and probably will never see anything other than not even your side. I don't even want to say your side of anything. He will see what he sees, what he wants to see, what he believes. Everyone is living in their own realities and that was his reality, that is his reality. So you in that moment changed your expectations which set you free from the
1: situation. Correct. Bee flies away. (laughs) There's a little bee on the breeze. (laughs) This bee all morning was trying to get in Annabelle's window. The door was open, it finally got in. She found her way in. She found her way in. She went straight for Annabelle, <laughs> actually lit on her shoulder Aww. and buzzed around her head until going we. At my face. She was going. She was trying to get in your inside your face. She was trying to. She get was trying get to be one with you. I know. I loved her. And we finally had to take her out with a glass. Bees are really important in your life. Yeah, I love bees. So why do you think that bee showed up for you today? Um. Well, she was
0: pecking at my window the whole morning. I was sitting here drinking my tea for like two hours. She was at the window, buzzing against the window, trying to get in. I don't know. I don't know where she came.
1: Interesting.
0: I do have an affinity with bees. What does a bee mean? Oh, like what does the... Okay, I don't know. Let's look up. I'm always looking things (laughs) No, I love it. Look it up. (laughs)
1: All right. Um... The bee is the symbol of activity, work, diligence, and good order. Because of the nature and amount of a bee's work, ancient legends believe that bees never sleep. Hmm, interesting. That's kind of what you were talking about with with having to handle all those finances yeah. and. See. I don't know what that for me. The bees... <gasps> are- the honey bee, comes into your life to set you free. The bee comes to remind you to enjoy what you could be missing. Life is sweet and you can get a lot out of it. The honeybee brings a message of teamwork. It shows you that you can accomplish much with the resources you have. Hmm. Symbolizes strong work ethic and your willingness to serve others, which is exactly what we're talking about today.
0: Yeah. And has been on my mind massively. The boys and I were chatting this morning because I was looking at some...
1: Thing on Twitter. I'm mm-hmm.
0: s- such a bitch. So I really don't like. <laughs> I'm such a miserable person. When I see people like sharing their trauma, I'm just like, can you not?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you share sure yours all day long. It's <laughs> <Totally>. so <laughs> That doesn't sound like much of a
0: two-way street. No, literally, it's like when... We, I was looking at somebody's like postpartum diary that they've been putting on Twitter,
1: and I am just... Why do you... Be, be, is it because people gloss it over and you feel like they're not being truthful?
0: No, it's like I just don't feelings, want to know or? about your
1: placenta and your... the,
0: You know, I just don't <laughs> want to know that you've got burger nips since you had your baby. <laughs> it's just... Keep it to yourself. This is just... The wretched side of me. And I burst out laughing earlier when I was sitting
1: here. Our, looking listener, on our Twitter, listener loves the wretched side of you. On Twitter. Let it out.
0: Because I looked at this postpartum diary and I went, oh, for God's sake. it's got so undignified. And then I started laughing. And the boys were like, what's funny? And I'm like, well, I'm just laughing at myself because... I have realized how disgusting I find it when people share their trauma. But I'm literally about to sit down and do a podcast that I do every week where I share my trauma with uh, hundreds and hundreds of people <laughs> for no reason. No reason. But... There's no there's No reason. So then I was like, I know that it's helpful for other people when these grotesque overshares about you know pregnancy Oops. and sexual assault and all of these things that make me
1: uncomfortable really help other people yeah i mean we've said it before everybody has the right to share their experience yes and that is the deepest human need is to communicate yeah and everybody has their own yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah.
0: they want to share. I just need to not be so judgmental <laughs> is the real um is the real thing here, especially because literally every week I'm doing exactly that. Well, um, I was going
1: to say, I guarantee there's people out there that are saying the same thing about you.
0: Oh my god, and that's right. why I was Oh my god, there's... Bitch. And that's why I was laughing. Yeah, I was laughing. And that's part of why I was laughing. I'm able to laugh at it and I'm able to see it. But it's not going to stop me feeling how I feel. If I was watching me, I'd probably be like, "Mm, could you just go and do this in, in private? quietly could you just put the black veil and gloves on yeah. and disappear for a year please and come back when you've come when back this when you've worked
1: it all out when this um unsavory part of your life is over yeah can you go just tuck it away in a neat little box yeah. and just ugh
0: meanwhile i'm thinking about doing like a grief shoot like a photo shoot of my grief love
1: it <laughs> can i style you
0: no i'm going to be nude It's like a pregnancy shoot, but it's about death. (laughs) I haven't quite figured it out yet. I haven't. Listen, I'm still working through the idea. What was the thing? (laughs) Workshopping it. You're still workshopping. Don't know how it's going to work. Don't know what it's going to look like. I feel like it's going to be sexy, uh, uncomfortable, and maybe disgusting. But ultimately, necessary
1: for me and very healing for others.
0: very healing maybe not for others maybe just <laughs> mostly for me but I really I'm excited about it
1: I love that I've already chosen as, as Annabelle would say I love that for you <laughs> cute cute. alright well you know we look forward to uh...
0: (laughs) alright and moving on to our next segment we're hearing (laughs) how this develops for you and we are here for it let us know if you think I should do a grief shoot I'm gonna do it anyway I just would love to know your thoughts I mean
1: (laughs) (laughs) can you guys be really honest please because no (laughs) don't do that to me May
0: I'll speak to you next week. Oh, you will? Maybe I might not answer the phone.
1: <laughs> you think I'll be here. You don't know.
0: I get a text message from you. I just need some space. <laughs> I, I really I need some space.
1: I will talk to you in a year. What if you just showed up at my house to do the podcast and I was like, what podcast? What do you mean? Like that girl said, I'm gonna pick you up for fireworks. What? <laughs> what fireworks? <laughs>
0: Okay, let's say goodbye.
1: Okay. Love you.
0: That's how we always end it! Yeah, that's how we end it. I want to spice things up this time. No, what's when we're saying I love you?
1: I don't know. Okay, fuck you then, cunt. Okay, (laughs) fuck you, cunt. (laughs) That my best friend She a real bad bitch Got her own money She don't need no nigga On the dance floor She had two, three drinks Now she twerking She throw it out And come back in That's my best friend She a real bad bitch driver her on car She don't
0: need no lift in a strip club Know my girl gon' tip Now she twerking She throw it out And come back in Beep, beep I'm my bestie in a Tessie? Fresh blowout Skin on town She ready Bitch you look up With a T at the end I'm a hyper every time Now my mom fucking friend she been down since the jellies and the bobo now me stepping out the G and my jeep